When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Hello, Indian football enthusiasts. This is Injury Time Podcast and I'm Sandeep Menon here. Uh, I know with the regular pod we have not been very consistent, but uh, we will come up with new episodes. We are just waiting for a few things to iron itself out. But in the meantime, we are going to keep you busy with uh, and give you entertainment as well with some interviews. And this one is that of Pradyum Reddy. Uh, recently, we had a chance to sit down with Mr. Reddy, who was a coach of Pune, assistant coach in Bangalore UFC and a few other uh, Shillong Lajong, uh, very well-respected Indian coach. Uh, we had a lot of conversation about just about um, just just about everything. I would say that just about everything. It's a long uh, interview, a little over an hour, so we are going to release it in two parts. And uh, this is part one. So uh, enjoy it and let me know if you like it. So Pradim, welcome to the show. Thank uh, you. Very nice of you to meet us in such a short notice. So uh, what are you up to now? First of all, let's start with that. I saw you at the second division games. Well, I. Go to as many games as possible. Whenever there's a, a live match and an opportunity to watch a match, I always try and catch a game because wherever I will be next season, those experiences help you spot a player, and maybe a few years later you'll you'll realise this is someone worth having a look at. Um, as far as what I'm up to, I'm still contracted to Pune till the end of this month, and then I'll start looking uh, to move on from Pune because I don't think it's in two years I've done a lot more than what has been done at that club and uh, time to find greener pastures. So now uh, you've had a history doing extremely well in the northeast with Shillong, you got them promoted then I think Tang Boy Chingto was there for 7-8 years, uh, did a good job with the team, then obviously setting up Bangalore FC you were instrumental in that as well, getting the players and now in Pune like you said you've done a lot of good work Ashik and everyone coming through even Robin finding some goal scoring form last year after a couple of sure, tough yeah. seasons. So, uh, how has the experience been like all, all these places? Um, to start with, Shillong was phenomenal. My first experience was going to watch Shillong in the I League in their first season, and I was blown away by the crowds at 28,000 people, and the atmosphere was phenomenal. And I thought, this is where football is heading in India, and so I should try and get myself over there. And unfortunately for them, and fortunately for me, they got relegated in the last game of the season. So the opportunity came up to take the team. They were in bad shape. They had lost a lot of players. Their budget was slashed. And they gave me, I'm very grateful to Ming for that. He gave me an opportunity for someone who's new to Indian football. And it was initially just two months to help the team out, to stabilize in pre-season. And two months became two years. Um, we did well in the Fed Cup. That led to a five-year contract, and uh, it was that was a great experience. Getting them winning the second division, getting promoted, and then stay, staying in the I League. And unfortunately, until now, they had managed to stay in the I League until this season. Difficult also for them with the budget and the way things were moving. 
without without knowing what the future was. A lot of things not going in I D clubs very well. Could be, or maybe um, I don't know. Ming's the vice president of the A F F, so maybe he knows something more than what all of us know because he chose to go in this season without any foreign players. No, obviously it can be done. Arrows have done it for years, uh, but obviously Arrows are picking the best players from all across the country, and Lajong are picking the best players only from the northeast. So it's a smaller sort of uh, pool of players they're picking from. But I think from a business point of view, if you look at what um, that club's done in the last few years, they made I think about 1.6 crores in the draft two years ago, and that's unheard of. Football clubs in India to make that kind of uh, money in player transfers. So by blooding youngsters, I think they're on the right track if they see themselves as a feeder club and if they can make money from getting players to go and play in other I League clubs or ISL teams. Then that's a pretty good model that they're going in because let's be honest, most clubs don't make money in Indian football. So when you can make that kind of money, it's, you can sustain your team for many many years. And we often talk about in the podcast uh, how you were one of the fundamental, or maybe even the bedrock of Bangalore FC starting because you scouted all the Indian players mm-hmm. and uh, probably even had a big part in bringing many younger. Definitely, yeah. yeah. Um, I was the first person they hired um, to come on board, and I remember we had a clear vision given by the management, the owners at the time. So we presented, I presented to. Excel sheets. Then one was with sort of well-established players like your Nubbies, and NP Pradeeps, etc., who were looking for clubs and at the time were available, but would have obviously cost a significant amount. Or there was the alternative, which was bring in relatively unknown or up-and-coming young players like Yisiam Angles, your Keegan Pereiras, or players who people have started to forget about, like uh, Reno Antos. Bekokai, etc. So Mustafa Clear and Manda, Mustafa said, this is the model we want to go with. We want young players, like an Arsenal philosophy of let's get up and coming young players and develop them. And he said, the target is within three years, we should be challenging for the title. So I had a three year contract, and that's how the initial mentality was. And Manda felt we should bring in. At least one of the four foreigners should be someone who's played in India, so it'll help the other foreigners um, acclimatize. And both of us were obviously big fans of John, uh, John Menyonga, um, so that was an easy one. And Mandy said, "Yeah, let's sign him straight away." I I watched Menyonga. I I still think he's one of the best midfielders that BFC had. Uh, Dimas is probably up there as well, mm-hmm. and maybe even Eric. But he was he was so good. And uh, how how was he not in a bigger club? Like he was in Shillong. I think he worked there mm-hmm. for a, for a while. Yeah, I think. Well, John Manyang had a great career in in America. Uh, played in the USL. He was one of the all-time leading scorers in, in the USL. He still holds. I think he's one of the top three scorers in their cup competition over the years. And I played against as a coach. We faced up against United Sikkim in the second division, mm-hmm. and we were comfortably winning that game. Until Menyonga came on as a sub, scored one, Bekokai scored the other, and Johnny missed a penalty, and there was a draw, and that draw helped us qualify. It pretty much made it difficult for Sikkim to qualify. And at the end of the season, because we had spoken, because both of us had been in America, there was some commonality. 
he called me up out of the blue and asked me if he can he wanted to play for me I, I honestly thought we couldn't afford him at the time because I knew East Bengal and a couple of other clubs were chasing him. But Johnny said he doesn't want to play for those clubs, he wanted to play for Shillong. So it was a fantastic opportunity to get a player, a you know, former Liberian national team captain. And it was just a joy to watch me. You know, as, a, as a coach, you need, I needed senior players like that at La Jong because I had a lot of young players. And I think he brought a lot of that to BFC as well. We had a lot of young players like Siam and Toy who were inexperienced in midfield and having Johnny playing alongside them was a good calming influence and I think the, the triangle that we had he at the moved base back also. he moved back. Yeah. That was a smart call by Ashley. Ashley. Ashley chose to use Johnny more as a defensive midfielder but more as a playmaker from a defensive yeah. position and with uh, John Johnson, Curtis and Johnny at the back and let's not forget even Pawan is very good at his mm. feet so we we could play play out the back and cause a lot of problems for teams because of that and unfortunately he was getting on in years so I still felt maybe he should have probably played the first season of the ISL Johnny mm. was good enough to play but yeah, BFC have done well since then they've got a history of getting very good players in that mm. position one that everyone forgets is Alvaro, who played in the AFC oh, Cup. He was, I put him, when you talked about players, like the top three midfielders for me that have played for BFC would be Johnny yeah, Manyonga, Alvaro, and uh, Dimas is up there as well. Yeah, those Alvaro three, was a joy yeah, All three of them, uh, Johnny and Alvaro especially, were just great to watch. I remember watching, because it was in the Bangalore Football Stadium, it was much smaller, you were closer uh, as a fan or a journalist, you were sitting much closer. Sure. Yeah. And you could, I remember him turning flicking between the leg and two guys are pressing and just turning around and leaving. And uh, I always thought this was one of the early days and I thought he was actually a defensive midfielder. And suddenly you see him, then you suddenly see him beat the, you know, pass through the lines and break it. Mm -hmm. Then he started seeing more and more often. It was amazing to watch. I still think of him very fondly. Yeah, I mean, I, every time I go to the Bangalore Stadium now uh, for the second division games or local league games, a lot of the old... Uh, fans, especially the ones who used to sit in the North Stand, if I'm not mistaken, the one, um, they always come up to me and uh, uh, I probably shouldn't repeat this expression that they use on uh, camera, but they say, Kulla so-and-so yeah. player, they were like, what a player he was, um, and you know, they, they enjoyed watching him play, and I think that was the beauty of that stadium, it was hmm. small, fans could get really close to the action, and because the team was doing well, Pretty much, I think, in every home game, I remember that Johnny would always do something which got the crowd off their feet, whether it was when the ball was stuck between his legs, jumping over to mm, yeah. defenders or making Beto. And yeah, he did he did some something special in every game that just sort of stood out. Yeah. So that was, was a crowd pleaser too. Absolutely. And talking of certain players that you have great affinity or relationship with, Eugene. How you, I saw Eugene when he was in Langdijai. I'm sure you played for you in Shillong before. Yes, yeah. So uh, I saw him in Langdijai. It looked good. But came to BSC the year after, along with Dodanta, who was probably the next person I was going to ask. Sure, yeah. So he just took off. Uh, did, did you know he had that kind of potential? And if, not, if so, he came around 28. A lot of years ago. Uh, see, I my first experience with Eugene was, I mean, I've probably told the story a hundred times. Um, we had a local league match in Shillong, which is Shillong Ajong versus uh, Arima, it was then called, which is Eugene's father's club. And it was a 
horrible rain-soaked match that, that puddles everywhere on the field. And there's one player that just stood out for me. And at the end of the, the game, I was talking to Arima's coach, uh, Herring, and Eugene walked by and I just stopped him, shook his hand and said, you know, you're, you're a phenomenal player. I said, what are you doing wasting your time mm. at this level? You should come play in the I-League. And later through one of his common friends who worked for Shilong Lajong, uh, the word was that he wanted to play for us, but he didn't know how to approach the fact that he's mm. leaving his team who were trying to get into the I-League. Um, they were in the second division and come to us. So the word got back that I needed to speak to Eugene's dad. He was obviously a big man in Shillong and owns Arima Football Club. So I picked up the phone, called him, and he said, it was very simple. He said, yeah, sure, just speak to the team manager and get the paperwork done. Um, the team manager was quite surprised that um, the owner had given such permission. And so he, he said it, but there was one condition. And the condition was we couldn't pay Eugene. So. That what? <laughs> yeah, so obviously it was uh, music to the Lajong owner's ears and we were delighted by this. So And so we picked him up at the start of the I-League season. So he didn't do the pre-season with us, he just joined in. And as the season went along, um, his partnership with John Minyonger and just gelling with the other players, I think Eugene finishes our top Indian scorer that year in the I-League. And unfortunately for him and Minyonger, I left that season after that and Desmond Wilton came in and they didn't fit into the style of play for Desmond Wilton and then Eugene chose to leave and go back to his club which had then rebranded as Rangdaji. Uh, we faced, we played against them in the Federation Cup in Manjeri. Manjeri in Malapuram? Yep. And it was a last minute free kick I think from Eugene that uh, Lamin Tamba scored the goal in the Otherwise, we would have qualified for the semi-finals. That was our first first mm. year in the Fed Cup. So it's that's when Ash, Ash was like, we, "We need to get get this guy." So I said, "I'll speak to him. I know him, and yeah. he'll he'll come for sure." And again, it was an easy decision for him at that time because Rangdajit were dropping out of yeah. the I League, and he wanted to be in a club where he could win win something. So again, we we got him for an absolute bargain because for him it wasn't about the money, it was about an opportunity to play with the likes of Sunil and the other players that we had in the team and also to play in the AFC Cup, play in the Champions League qualifiers and he just grew strength to strength from... Did you know he could I always, felt he, I always felt he had the potential because he had he had tools that other football players didn't have in the football players, you, you talk about we mentioned about Alvaro and other foreign midfielders Eugene had this ability to play with his head up. Mm. Um, he could see a picture. He had good, good uh, left foot, good right foot, so set piece delivery. He could uh, spray the ball around, and he had a knack of goal scoring and deceptively quick. He's mm. good in the air, could score headers. So uh, we just knew he'd fit in, but he had to just get the work ethic was something that he wasn't um, accustomed to. BFC obviously the fitness was a huge component so that took him a while to get into the rhythm of how we played but he I think some of his best performances for us were in AFC competitions yeah and uh, against Johar he scored that scream scream, scream uh, yeah. uh, he scored for up when first in the Champions League qualified scored straight from the corner mm. uh, and 
if I recall, there were, there were games where single-handedly in the I League he, he won us games with one district. Like there was one against Bharat uh, FC, there was one against uh, uh, DSK later. There were just some, some phenomenal goals at his school. He's got some 11 assists or something that year, I think. I remember finding some stat like that. Uh, yeah, a lot. that was his purple patch for Eugene because he, he joined us and just went from strength to strength and the end of that season was the first uh, auction, ISL auction and Pune picked him up and I remember the David Platt had phenomenal things to say about Eugene he played him in a lot of games, he did well for them too, so he was just, that was I think his, as most footballers do, peak at 28 around that time was when he peaked and, and got into the national team, did well for India as well so that's, he, he was a great signing. I always feel bad for him because he was very instrumental in getting us to qualify for the AFC Champions, sorry, Asian Cup. Mm -hmm. uh, before that, he, even in the World Cup qualifiers, he had some good performances for the national team. And then just got injured one after the other and never really got back. I hope he can now, next season or something. Yeah, so I think he's, he's just been unlucky. He got injured, missed out and, and nowadays... There's so many good young young players coming in that midfield position. You've got Roland Borges who's stepped up. Prono is now injury free for a while. Uh, Tapa's doing really well. Uh, the kid from um, Kerala Blasters, some other, some of the he's good. So there's a lot of players pushing for that uh, centre midfield spot. Obviously Brandon's possibility there as well. So it'd be tough for Eugene to dislodge him, especially when he's not getting as much. Game time at uh, under Coppel, he didn't get so. I think for him, probably he let's see, maybe he'll get more time under Havas. But if he doesn't, he should probably look to go on loan somewhere where he can get game time because uh, I still think the experience that he has, he could still offer something to the national team. If maybe not as regular as he was before, but definitely coming off the bench and being part of the squad, yeah. So, uh can you talk about your experience in uh, Pune? Because you went there as a head of youth, uh, technical side, and then you were also the assistant manager, took over as, ma as manager. <coughs> At that time, when you took over as manager, you always had a good squad. You lost Alfaro, I mm -hmm. assume, by that time. But you always had a good squad. It is just not coming together. And then I felt over your time over there, you were improving significantly, slowly, but surely. You're getting goals, you're keeping clean sheets, yep. defensively you're getting better. So what yeah, I think when I started there, the role was to try and pick the club up. They were, at that time, the least successful ISL team. Statistically, they'd, they had never qualified for the playoffs. And if you look at their points total, their wins, everything over the course of the previous three seasons, they were the worst ISL team at the time. So we went in and made some changes at the, the base, you can say, of their, of their pyramid. And we started to see changes. We won the IFA Shield in my first season there, within the first few months. So we had a good core of young players. And what we felt was that we had to start blooding these youngsters into the team. Because that gives the other youngsters in the club the belief that if I perform well, I do get an opportunity at this club, which very rarely happens. And most clubs, you just... I. The, the youth setup is independent of the senior team and even if you're doing well at the youth level very rarely do you get the chance at the first team and there's a disconnect at time so one of the, uh, we started to get these players involved in pre-season so what we told the boys is we'll play in pre-season in the AWIS Cup in uh, 
uh, go up and the best performance get promoted to the E. And I said, mm -hmm. so it gave them an incentive. And Ashik was phenomenal in that tournament. And, uh, had he not been suspended for the semi-final, he probably would have won that tournament. I think Marcus even tweeted that uh, at the mm -hmm. time. And so Ashik got that opportunity and a couple of other boys felt, okay, we can believe this coach, he's, he's actually giving us an opportunity. And Bilal, the goalkeeper, Gunny and a few other boys, Tarif, Garabora, all stood out for me in that um, pre-season tournament. And then obviously with the draft we could bring in some players from a younger team, so we brought in Ashik and Anuj, the goalkeeper. And they did, that was uh, the best season Pune had, they qualified for the playoffs. And then the following year we, brought, we improved the youth again by bringing Mehraj in as a an under 18 coach and Mehraj done phenomenal well with the team he's taken them to the finals they were unlucky to lose in the under 18 finals and what we felt is that in Indian football the problem is you have an under 13 under 15 league and under 18 league and then there's only senior football so there's a huge jump you can't expect players who come out of an under 18 team to be ready to play in an ISL team so you've somehow got to fill this gap where, where you should have an under 21 league or a reserve league and unfortunately playing in the second division as a reserve team you wait all year to play four matches or six matches and it's too long too long so we did that in the first season and felt our players are just training for too long and waiting till January before they can play competitive football that doesn't prepare them for the ISL for next season so we took a decision to disband the concept of a reserve team we had a reserve squad but instead of playing as a team together we said let the players go out on loan as they do abroad in Europe and everywhere else. So this year we had 11 players out on loan. We had Gaurav and Tarif at Chennai, and they went on to play regularly and win the I-League with Chennai City. We had Chester Paul at Churchill Brothers. We had Bilal, who turned out to be the top goalkeeper this season at mm. Real Kashmir. And we had a couple of boys at Gokulam. So we had players loaned out to various I-League clubs. So this ensured that they're getting game time so there's no way we can provide them 12 games a season competitive games and action and they've got to fight for their spot and they're in competitive environments and it's cost effective as well because otherwise they're just on your books so this was a fantastic way to win-win for everybody and again it gives the younger players like Sahil who we brought into the senior team this year and other boys they, they believe that okay I, if I perform well um, I can, I will get an opportunity at this club. They don't have this. We didn't have the concept that you have to be a senior or well known name in football. You're good enough. You're young enough. Right? There's no issue there. And unfortunately, I think our preseason this year, with the way it went, with the coach, it was it wasn't tying in with this philosophy that we had tried to set up. And. We were that, hence we didn't get the results so there was a big disconnect between the players and the, the, the coaching staff so management decided to shake things up early on and it's difficult to immediately get results because you don't have a good pre-season you don't have a good base on which to build upon so I think if you look at the results we as you said we started off positively against Goa and you could see at least goal scoring was back but there were issues that needed um, fixing and we finally got that international window where there was I think we had a week where we could actually train otherwise it was just back to back yeah. games 
And once we had that week, and if you look at the results after that, it also coincided with uh, Ian Hume coming back. So Hume came in, and we dropped Alfaro out, and that changed the dynamic of the team. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, we didn't lose many games after Hume came in, and towards the end of uh, before the Christmas break, as you said. Scoring goals, we kept clean sheets away to Kerala. We had a clean sheet against Goa, which at that point no one had kept yeah. a clean sheet. And I think only BFC managed all season to keep a clean sheet and win against Goa. So those, the results were going in the right direction, and I think Phil Brown managed to build upon that as well. So. But uh, as a as an Indian coach, mm-hmm. I mean, we always talk about how you guys have given a little bit of a shot in the stick because of the white man syndrome, as you. Mm-hmm. So, how difficult is it for an Indian coach? Because I had the similar conversation with uh, Richard Wood, mm-hmm. good friend of yours, I assume. Uh, but he is more in the youth system. As of you are in the first team coach, you've yeah. done that assistant coach. Tangoy Singh is another good yeah. coach as an assistant in Kerala, uh, which is not a bad thing to have an Indian coach sure. managing and yeah. stuff like that. But do you feel, as an Indian coach, there is a disadvantage here? Because even in the I League, you have a lot of foreign coaches. You got to be careful here yeah, because it's always been the case where in the I League, even if you go back ten years uh, into the the I League, I think Churchill Brothers have won it with uh, numerous foreign coaches, and even when Salgaoko won it, you know, I think it was under Karim. Yeah. And, um, so it, it's been interspersed with Indian coaches and foreign coaches in the I League. So we've always had foreign coaches, and there's no, there's nothing wrong with that. And it's good to have the players benefit from having different styles of coaching and uh, different methodologies. Uh, so there's no harm in that at all. I, I think it's actually good and creates healthy competition. Um, when it comes to the ISL, obviously in the initial years they had certain rules about uh, marquee coaches, but as you can see, it's slowly changing. It's slowly changing, and uh, it'll be good to see younger Indian coaches getting the opportunity to come in to clubs and maybe start as an assistant and then you know go on if you look at recently the Ajax coach who's doing very well yeah Tenag he was the reserve team coach at Bayern Munich under Guardiola Guardiola so technically he would have been a foreign coach there in Germany so it's it happens all across the world so it's good if you can get the opportunity to work under a good coach in the ISL and it helps you in your career later on that's why I said it's good for the younger coaches. Now it's a bit difficult, like you said, for some of the experienced coaches who've already been head coaches to then take uh, a backseat role. And again, it depends on how much your coach chooses to use you. Some ISL clubs you hear about, the assistant coach has very little on-field role. Some, they have a huge role. Uh, I was fortunate at Pune where I did a lot of the pre-match preparation of the team because I know a lot more about the opposition than a coach who's in his first season in Indian football, so he wouldn't know who we're up against, what position certain players play. So it, it just depends on how the clubs choose to go about using them. And I think in the next few years you can, you'll can you start to see changes because I think the marquee rules changing. They're allowing um, coaches who previously wouldn't have been considered marquee. I think last season was a perfect example. Carlos and um, Elko as well wouldn't have been approved pre- previously. I think you should also take some credit if the rules are changing or being relaxed. If you went around and showed 
that an Indian coach can compete at that level. Albeit, you couldn't stay there for a long time, but you managed to show it in the time that you had. Yeah, I, mean, I, was, I was there for technically half a season. I was there for nine games. And I think if you if you get a full pre-season with your team, you have a lot more control of how... Because then you can get your philosophies across. You're not going in and problem-solving. You're not fixing problems that were there from a previous one. So going as an, in as an interim coach is completely different. Uh, but I think it'll probably happen in the next few years. There's, there's a lot of changes happening in the ISL every year. If you look at what it was when it started... Uh, I still it, don't like this daily game thing. It's just... Yeah, it's it quite relentlessness of it. For players, for, for journalists like myself, because we have to keep time with it. And it's, it just keeps climbing. True, around. I mean, we've all grown up with the concept of football is played on Saturday, yeah. Sunday, there's weekend games, and then everyone plays the same day, then you can see who moves up and down yeah. the table. And then midweek is normally for your cup competition. That would be ideal instead yeah. of having a Super Cup at the end of the season if we had a... I, I never, you know yeah. what I don't get about that concept? You end your league season with a uh, cup final and then you play a cup. Yeah, but I think if you look deep... Oh, yeah, in, I understand. But yeah, if you look deep into it, you'll have to... Because of the AFC minimum matches, minimum matches yeah, there's, yeah. there's a reason for these things. And again, it takes time. This year, we're going to have the Super Cup pre before hmm. the league starts. That's what the talk is at the moment, which isn't ideal, but again, it, it actually does help. I remember we, it used to be like this in the I-League. You had the Rand Cup before. Yeah, before we had the Fed Cup yeah. a couple of years. When yeah. I was at La Jong, we played in the Fed Cup. We got to the semi-final before and the Durand Cup and then went into the league. So it builds momentum and it's pre-season games. See, at the moment, if you look at a lot of ISL teams, they go abroad, mm. come back to India and then they're struggling to find games so they, because none of the ISL teams want to play one another. So they call I-League teams. Mm. I think Bangalore played Chennai here, Gokulam and a couple of it's others. Yeah, Minerva, a lot of teams. So it's a cost because you've got to fly these teams in, put them up in a hotel and play against uh, these teams. So by having a, a Super Cup in, let's say, two venues prior to the start of the I-League and ISL, it brings every, all the teams come in and you can choose as a coach and a management or how you want to approach the Super Cup. Do you want to use it to try and win some silverware early and play your strongest team? Or do you want to go in and say, hey, it's three, four practice matches. Let's just rotate our squad, see how our bench strength is. Or do you want to go in and say, let's just give our youth an opportunity and let's see how the youth do. And the best performing youth, we can elevate to a senior team at this afternoon. So you can approach it in different ways. It is pre-season after all. Because there isn't... Anything riding on winning the Correct. Yeah. Yeah. If there was an AFC Cup spot, yeah. then it changes automatically. Then everyone's going to try and play their strongest team and you get into Asia before the, even the league started. That would be the best case scenario. Yeah. So until we get three spots, I don't think that's likely to happen. And that was Pradyum Vedi part 1. Uh, we'll come back to you soon with part 2. In the meantime, please do follow us on uh, Twitter at InjuryTimeIND, on Facebook, on uh, Instagram, you know, subscribe to, uh, you know, click on the subscribe button in whatever podcast platform that you're on because we're on there as well. Uh, keep supporting us. We'll help you with uh, come up with as much good content as possible. And uh, keep listening and enjoying the game.